ASMR channel that's just dry heaving for <laughs> like 30 minutes. Welcome to No Instructions. I'm Bob. And I'm Josh. Welcome back. Hello. I think, did we actually miss a week? I don't know if we ended up actually missing uh, a week. Yes, because day is now Friday and a podcast did not go out on Tuesday. Ah, so we did miss a week. We did. Cool. I'm so confused. Sorry, uh, I'm here to help. Vac- <laughs> vacations are good. And time off is good, but also just discombobulating. How about Quite. that word? That's a very crass man kind of word. <laughs> is it? Yeah. <laughs> Thank y'all, discombobulating. Uh, but I'm glad to be back on the Lego building. Did you do any Lego building in your time off? A little bit. I got the. Um, have you seen the gingerbread house set? Yes, and I was going to buy it. Did yeah, you buy it? Yeah. But- <laughs> Did you build it by yourself, or was there a family event? No, it's by myself. <laughs> I had the idea that I'm like, well, we could make this a Christmas tradition, and then we could just like tear it down, yeah, and build it up every year. Yeah, sure. I just want to play with it. I mean, you could do that. I honestly, I don't. I've never built a set with anybody. I don't think it seems it's like it would easy. be hard to do because everything is so linear. Yeah. Like, you well, can't be like, you do that part, and I'll do this part. And, yeah. You know. Did that one follow any kind of logic like that? I, like I've only done the first to? bag, so I don't oh. really... And it was all separate from the house. The first bag is smaller, and it has its own instruction booklet, and it's like the minifigs, the little... Uh, there's a little Christmas tree, and like a little baby carriage, and a yeah, couple of like little it's very things. very detailed for the and, little house. Yeah. And so the first bag is all the little stuff, so I haven't mm. actually started the house yet. I did the Saturn V rocket with... Again? No. Oh. Sorry. Sorry. Proceed. Proceed. Uh, When our buddy Wes Swain and his wife were over a year or so ago. Mm -hmm. I don't remember when that was. But the three of us put that one together. So it was kind of nice. How did that go doing it, like something like that, with other people? There were four or five books. I don't remember how many. And because that particular rocket had three distinct parts oh. that you could assemble, but it was, I mean, one of the configurations, it was made to be displayed in this piece, this piece, and this piece, because it comes with little stands. Mm-hmm. You could easily split that job up to like, okay, you have this part because these bags and this book have a clear start and a clear finish. Hmm. So it was easier. Um, I always told myself that I was going to go like tear it apart and rebuild it all by myself. But I haven't. I just had it. I had time. You always can, though. That's the cool I thing. I can. Because I keep all my instructions. Yeah. Um, so it's not no instructions. It's lots of instructions. <laughs> no instructions that are not the ones right here on this table. The rest no. of them are in a box. Um, so how was your Thanksgiving? How it was, was really trip? good. It was very, very good. We haven't... Uh, we didn't go home last year, if I remember correctly, for whatever reason. I think the two of us, not not that it's like it's absolutely necessary, but we, I personally try to coincide our vacations with yours mm-hmm. so that if there's stuff that has to be done here, we know that like this week stuff is going to be gone. I don't need to rely on you. Uh, you don't have to take on all of this stuff by yourself and so forth. But you guys didn't go anywhere. We didn't go somewhere last year when I think you guys did, and I just kind of spent that time doing stuff around my house. But we needed a vacation, and it was very good. Uh, we were there in Florida for almost a week. Uh, that box, that walnut box with that bottle of Maker's Mark, mm-hmm. uh, was a big hit. Cool. Is Not it- only was it a big hit, my dad like added to it. So for Christmas, I have um, 
I don't remember the Excelsior lathe from Rockler that Rockler sent me when we were in the RV. And I really don't use it that much. It takes up space on one of the flat surfaces in my shop that I want something else to go to. And my dad has been making stuff a lot more frequently lately. Hmm. I'm like, well, he would really like this more than I think I would like it. So I gathered up all my lathe stuff, my pin making junk, and took it down there and gave it to him. And the day that I'm like, all right, let me show you the basics of a lathe. He went through that stuff and had a chunk of walnut that I'm like, now work on turning this into a cylinder. And so we had the calipers and had the different tools. And he just kind of keeps going. And I'm like, well, what are you doing? He's like, I want to make cups. <laughs> so he, he turned uh, a little shot glass out of walnut for that bottle of Maker's Mark that I put in that box. Ah. And so I was showing him how to do it. And he went in the ends and hollowed out the cup fixture. And it was really good. And then I made a second one. And both of those cups just happened to fit perfectly in that box and with the lid still being able to close. That's awesome. Yeah. So that was, <laughs> wow. besides like this thing I wanted to make for my family, we got to make an element with my family. It was yeah. very cool. That's great. Yeah. Had a good trip with a bunch of friends from high school that we've kept up to date with. It was like a leave your kids at home kind of dinner. And we all just got to commiserate all as a group of people that knew each other from middle school and grade school and now we all have kids did all the kids survive being left at home by themselves they did oh i mean yay hooray <laughs> it was like you're going to grandma's house oh and nice originally i wanted to go to some steakhouse i'm like no no no. i was like we're getting tacos and margaritas because this is what's happening hmm. yeah overall i mean it was a an extremely good trip good um i i was curious to know that you are from the town that we live in right now Mm-hmm. You moved away, and you came back. Mm-hmm. And the whole time, I was at home thinking, like, this is not my home anymore. You know, I've moved away to several houses. I haven't lived in that house for a very long time. Uh, we've been back periodically. But even like that town, it doesn't feel like home. It feels familiar. but it And there's history in all of the buildings and all of the little things. And I can remember certain very poignant events from this place and this place and this place. And you can get together with old friends and talk about the good old days and stuff. But it doesn't feel like home anymore. And Hmm. I was wondering, when you moved back to town, did you have that feeling at all? I did. And I still do. What? uh, Wait. No. (laughs) (laughs) The opposite. The opposite of what you just said. Okay. Uh. So I've always, there's been part of me that's always wanted to come back to Kentucky. And after I got out of college, I started a business and then I felt kind of planted with that business. And, you know, it was a lot of local work, so it was not something we could easily move. And it was like a long-term goal to maybe move to a bigger city and stuff. But it kind of got to a point in my life where I was established in Savannah and then I got married to somebody who wasn't from Savannah, but also wasn't from Kentucky. So it was mm. like, well, I'm never going back to Kentucky. I mean, it just, it doesn't make any sense. And so when it, but, but there was part of me that always wanted to. So when it came time for us to, for me to actually bring up moving, <clears throat> I think a lot of that was just this longing that I had had for a very long time, actually saw a light at the end of this tunnel. I'm like, oh, wait, we could actually, I could actually move back. Like, mm. Because I, I love the environment. I love the small town. All my family's here. <clears throat> um, and I think the, the like, what's the word? Environment's the wrong word. The world, the nature here, the outside, mm-hmm. 
has a whole lot to do with just why I like this area. I just mm. I feel comfortable in it more than I do further south, you know, in in beach areas or just like even in Georgia. A lot of it's just it's just a different environment, and so I feel really comfortable. So I think I've always wanted to move back, and then when it became a reality, as soon as I got back here, it was like ah, <coughs> sorry. It, it felt you know like a kind of a breath of fresh air. It was really nice, mm. and moving into my grandparents' house. I mean that was. A familiarity too it was like i have tons of history right here like yeah. literally where we're sitting right now there's history of me playing pool with my cousins at thanksgiving and stuff like right here so everywhere i went in the house as soon as we got back before it was our own i was already comfortable already familiar mm. you know and it wasn't like i had to some people have to move back to their hometown because they have to and they don't really want to it was the opposite for me <clears throat> where i wanted to for a long time it couldn't or didn't right. think I could, and then finally got the chance to. So, I love being here. I think it's awesome. There's parts of us that like really love the area, and where we grew up. I mean, there's there's the town, and then there's a huge Air Force uh, weapons range, and then there's the beach. So there's you know people may have heard of Destin, Florida, and Panama City, and all that stuff. Like we grew up in that area, but the town that I went to school in. It's probably a good 30 minutes north, so it was kind of separated. Hmm. It was a smaller town. People down by the beach used to make fun of it because it was a lot more rural. Rural? Rural. There were a lot more country folk down there. They used to call us, actually, they used to call us Crestucky. The <laughs> town I'm from is called Crestview, and all the people on the south side of the county down by the beach used to call it Crestucky because that's where all the rednecks lived. And so Crestview has always had this weird kind of image of just being this thing out in the woods that all the good old boys lived in. And that's... I mean, part of me says that's not entirely false, <laughs> but I mean, it's kind of nicer than some areas down by the beach, but a majority of the time, whenever we go home, we want to go to the beach. That's where I love. I want to be around water. I yeah. love being around water. It makes me feel in my heart just extremely happy. I don't like bridges other than this one bridge that mm. goes across the bay and it's just beautiful all the time. I love it. And so I was with some of my friends, and some of them still live in town, and they were upset with us because we moved away and we didn't come back and, like, bring our our intellectual prowess back to our hometown to make it better. And reinvest. Yeah. But at the same time, I was like, I kind of don't want to. Hmm. Like, that town is set in its ways, and I think the older I get, and having gone to a lot of different places of the world, coming back there, it seems stuck in its ways it seems very one track yeah and it has it lacks in my opinion a lot of inspiration in things that i get from the town here and so the whole time i was i was air quotes home i was like man like i kind of just want to go back to my house hmm. like i love the people yeah but there were a few areas i could drive around and like point out little landmarks to my kids but a majority of those were down by the beach not in the town that we lived in. So we yeah. moved there when I was in elementary school. But we moved to that area when I was four. And so we've moved all around. And I kept thinking about that old adage, like you you can never go home again kind of thing. Hmm. And I think this trip, other than the people, <clears throat> I love being around our friends and our family. But just that town, like, eh, I don't think I could move back to that town. And even when we were in the RV and we talked about moving back to the, the Panhandle, it was not settling in Crestview in that town. Not it was there. settling down by the water. Hmm. 
And so I always wondered, like, <clears throat> like Bob actually did go home again. Like, I wonder how <laughs> you felt about that. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it's been it's been cool. Not that I really like hated Savannah or anything. I don't want to give that impression, but I was never really comfortable there. And it was the same kind of thing. The people were awesome, amazing community of friends, and uh, <clears throat> we were involved a bunch of, in a bunch of stuff and knew a lot of people. That part was great, but just there, mm-hmm. I just never felt like content. Yeah, I was yeah. just kind of there, and I would, you know, spend time with people, try to do life stuff to distract from the fact that I just didn't really like the place. And it's easy to do when you're around awesome people. It's easy right. to forget where you are and that you don't like the crime or the heat or the mosquitoes or the whatever. Oh my god! You know what I mean? Bugs. Like when you when you can look past that stuff at awesome people. Yeah, <clears throat> that's easier to do, and that's why I was there for 22 years or whatever it was. Um, but then, man, as soon as I got the opportunity to come back, it was on my heart, and hmm. it was deep, and I wrestled with it for a really long time because I knew that it was, <clears throat> excuse me, kind of the opposite for Jenny. She didn't yeah. have that, like, I really want to go to Kentucky. It was like, well, I guess we could go to Kentucky if you want to. She was yeah. a transplant and just loved the, being in that right. area. Yeah. So it was a conscious choice for her, not just this is where she happened yeah. to grow up. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. So, I mean, we wrestled with that a lot. And that made it difficult for me to be as excited as I wanted to be. Like, it would have been easier if everybody was, like, on board. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. let's do it. But it was me trying to convince her and just, this sounds terrible, but, like, just telling the kids, like, sorry, <laughs> you don't get a choice in this. This is about mm. what we think is best it, well, it started as what I think is best for the family, and then me trying to convince Jenny that what I think is best is actually is best. actually best. Yeah. You know, and I wasn't going to force her. I uh, wasn't going to try to like get what I wanted. It wasn't like that, but I felt really strongly about it. And it, and it, for a long time, I thought it was just about me wanting it, and that was a huge part of it for sure. But I tried really hard not to let it just be about me wanting to get my way and go home to have what I wanted to be in my grandfather's house, you know, to be near my family. Right. Like I, I see how that's all super me focused, but I tried to really figure out why there was a part of me that thought it was best for everybody and tried mm-hmm. to like get to that. And that took a long time, but I think eventually I got there and, you know, I mean, sometimes she really misses home. Sometimes the kids miss Savannah and people there and, you know, it, it goes back and forth, but I think the the people that we've met since we've come back and the stuff we've been involved in is stuff that we wouldn't have been able to do down there, or or just wouldn't have done. We would have done different things, which also would have been rich and good for the kids and stuff. But I think there's there are things and types of things in this area that are just very different from the culture. Oh, absolutely, in that town. Yeah. Know? So, and honestly, I've heard so much about. This is really bums me out, but I've heard so much about the decline of that area after we left as far as, not everything, obviously, but, like, the crime was always kind of, like, in the back of my head. Like, it just, it seemed like it was getting worse all the time, and there was, like, a lot of just random shootings and stuff. And since we've left, I keep, I don't actively listen for it, but I keep hearing more and more, like, oh, yeah, it's getting worse. Like, oh, this is this is place used to be awesome to go, and now you just shouldn't go there. And hmm. that bums me out because 
one because I still love a lot of the people that are living there and I worry about them, <laughs> but also just because it's a it's a cool town that I don't want to be plagued by the negative stuff like that and danger. But then there's also part of me that's like, man, we kind of kind of got out when we kind of got out when we could, yeah. and like <clears throat> I feel content and safe here, you know. Whereas I didn't yeah. always there. I mean, I didn't always feel unsafe, but. I got that same yeah. kind of thing from our hometown. The friend of mine that lives there talked about crime was going up, and I don't know. It's just it's it's the South. So when you move away from there, like the ideology that people have is different. A lot of the outlook, people, you know, that the the culture is kind of different. Um, the mindset of the people, like in this town, you and I have talked about it. Like people are not afraid to open a business. There's a lot of local businesses that people have started mm-hmm. to where back home, everything is a chain restaurant and they work for the government in some fashion and talking to people. They're like, yeah, I'm only so and so many years away from my pension. And it was kind of the same thing that I had working at Lockheed to like, people just want to work at a place. They want to work for somebody until they just don't have to work anymore. And then they can be done. Right. And that was very appealing to me for a very long time because in the, the culture of where we live, that's just what you did. But there's no risk and no return on that kind of yeah, attitude. Right. There are very few things that you can be really, really personally proud of that someone else didn't already start. And I know that sounds kind of ironic and hypocritical considering I'm in a working here <laughs> in a place that you started. <laughs> but it, it, there's no inspiration yeah. to do anything because you don't have to. And everybody's just really chill, which is kind of nice. But at the same time, it, it leaves a lot of... Um, it leaves a lot of poverty. It leaves a lot of opportunity for like drugs and things because there's just not a lot of personal motivation to get out and go do a thing. Yeah. And I think a lot of the crime going on down there that's starting to go on down there, according to what I heard is kind of, you know, it's like a reaction to that. Yeah. yeah. It's a reaction to that sentiment and nobody wants to take personal kind of action or ownership into their community. And again, that may sound hypocritical again, because I don't want to take ownership in that community. But I steal. I steal. (laughs) I'm stealing from Florida. (laughs) But I feel for people in that regard because there are people that are trying to make that place better. Yeah. But they're fighting an uphill battle because just the ideology of the people in town. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, what happens in the town that we live in, which I think is a model of what my Floridian town could be? Hmm. I'm like, well, there's a lot of those things. There's a lot of motivation. There's a lot of people that want this place to thrive and do better and they want to honestly share in that community aspect and i tried to like mentally look around the town and i'm like well it's just like it's pawn shops and payday loan places and chain restaurants and another hotel and another gas station by the interstate and it's like yeah 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 i mean it's it's weird as far as like the entrepreneurship aspect it's weird that it becomes locale based but I think you see that a lot. You see towns that are they're just full of creative people or they're full of manufacturing or they're full of insert verb. You know what yeah. I mean? And I think the, the same is also true for areas that lack all of that. People end up being, they congregate with people that they're similar to. And unfortunately, that happens a lot of times where like the people who would invest and create something new in a place leave that place to go find other people like them. We're going to go find other opportunity. And so it ends up leaving groups of people or age groups of people who don't have that outlook to run a town. 
And, yep. and if there's no forward thinking in that town and no one's willing to invest there, people leave, then it just it stagnates. And I, it's weird because I think the town that Jenny grew up in is very, very similar to that, where every time we went there, and none of her family lives there anymore, but every time we went there, it was just like, wow, man, this like there's not much here. Nope. They have a lot of drug use. They yep. have a lot of teen pregnancy and these unfortunate things for the people that live there. But they don't have another thing to do. They don't have exactly. something to, they're just there, you know? And I always hated that for that town because the people that I knew that she grew up with and everything are awesome. I mean, they're, but I don't know. Maybe it's just coincidental that those are both in Florida. I'm not trying to say anything negative about Florida, but. I get all the jokes. <clears throat> I wholeheartedly do. All the Florida man things, like, you can't take offense to it because it's true. <laughs> Florida man found naked with an alligator at the zoo. Like, yeah, yeah that, that stuff is, it's not a lie. <laughs> I made that up, but that could very well usually be tomorrow's headline. <clears throat> Meth head eats a person's face on live TV. Yeah. But I don't know, like, it's, there's that part of me that's <clears throat> out, it wants more for my hometown. Oh, yeah, then, of course. I'm like, well, then you can't whine about it if you're not willing to stay there and do something about it. Yeah. And I've always had, when I was in college, I took a marketing class and I wanted to open up my own restaurant in town because there was no, nothing to eat. There was the same garbage, hot slop trough buffet restaurants that there always were. And we were in Belgium where you could get, you know, just good food. It was cooked well. Someone actually cared about what they were giving you. And I did a bunch of market research through the Chamber of Commerce, um, online stuff so some friends of mine that actually worked in restaurants in town and the the indication that i got from this sample of like 150 people it was 136 people actually was that that's what they wanted hmm. Hmm. and i think is that very southern mentality my affinity to want to go back and try to change is that they don't want to change they're or they're quite comfortable in where they are right now, and they don't have to apologize to anybody. And that's why they vote the way they vote. That's why mm. they dress the way they dress. They go to that same church. They go to all the same stuff is because they're comfortable. They don't want to be told any otherwise. Mm. And when I was talking to my, my friend who is going to work for the city manager in town and actually maybe be able to inflict a little bit of change or um, maybe a little atmosphere shift or identity, you know, um, is that he, he told me, he's like, we need to wait for a generation to die. Hmm. He's like, and then we can have those <clears throat> things. And I'm like, well, that's the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that should, I could put that on a, on a, a placard and put it out in the yard. You know, Vote for so-and-so. He's <laughs> waiting for you to die. Vote for prize 2025. <laughs> when all them turds are dead, <laughs> we'll get a Whole Foods. <laughs> <laughs> That's but it made me, like, at a certain point, I'm like, okay, I'm I'm ready to go back. And then it's how you speak, right? The words that you use. Like, we talk about going home for Thanksgiving. Yeah. And that whole idea, like, while I was having this amazing time with my friends from high school, and majority of them didn't live in town anymore, just to kind of substantiate my other friend's point, is that everybody with any kind of talent or prowess for anything leaves. Majority of everybody left. Mm. But we all came back for that meal. Um, that I was like, man, this is this is so nice, and I was just so happy that everybody could kind of get together and just enjoy everybody's company. 
um, we had to like, somebody was like, oh, what about this person? I should invite this person. And then I was the kind of ringleader of this thing. I'm like, nope, we want to keep it close oh, because yeah. I very selfishly kind of curated the list of people who could come. <laughs> but We're only inviting people I like. Thank yeah, you very much. Pretty much. <laughs> but it was so nice. Yeah. But at the same time, it would have been just as nice on the south side of the county down by the beach. Probably would have been a little bit nicer. Hmm. Probably could have went to McGuire's, had a steak. <laughs> but I didn't. There you go. We had margaritas at the Mexican food place down the street. Yep. Well, I'm glad it was good. Yeah, me too. Thanksgiving dinner, I know we talked about that on here, uh, was a smashing success. Good. Some of the recipes that I got from Bon Appetit, the turkey, best turkey I think I've ever had. Wow. Mega delicious. I cooked Brussels sprouts. I hate Brussels sprouts. Barf. They were delightful. Excuse me. Yeah, very good. I I mean, I'm glad you liked them, but I doubt they were delightful. (laughs) Because they're still Brussels sprouts. I have that. How did you cook them? How did you cook them? What, so what they're roasted in the oven. Cut them up or cut them in half. Roast them so they start to caramelize. Get a little bit of sugary kind of flavor to them. Uh, what did I have in it? Um, some stuff. Ah, stuff. Brown sugary stuff. Some lime. Some sherry. Something else. I don't remember. It was a Bon Appetit recipe for their like ultimate Thanksgiving. And some pistachios or something on it. Hmm. They were very good. And I hate Brussels sprouts. Made some green beans. Then like an Asian kind of green bean thing. Oh, yeah. Very good. Cool. It was a great time. Well, good. And then for Christmas, I'm going to do the whole thing all over again. I think I'm going to fry the turkey for Christmas. Oh, yeah. Because in that one episode that they were trying to make like the best turkey, they were like, fry the turkey. It is the absolute best. But they didn't make that their choice because it's not as accessible to everybody. Like, theoretically, a majority of the people they're talking to have ovens. A very small percentage have turkey fryers. Yeah. So for Christmas, I'm going to smoke the turkey and try to make the awesome turkey exponentially better. You have a fryer? I do. Cool. I want to fry turkey. I want to brew beer. I want to do all those things. I want to make art with stuff that you can eat Mm. or drink. Mm. Cool. Our Thanksgiving was good. Good. It was, you know, got together at my sister's house, ate food, played games, hung out, came home and ordered pizza. Ordered pizza? Thanksgiving? <laughs> because we had, like, lunchtime meal mm. with family. Yeah. And since, you know, we have, like, Jenny's family's not up here, we didn't have two places to go. So we went to lunch. Oh, yeah. And ate at, like, one thirty, And then... We, I was talking about this on making it. Like, I don't really overeat at holidays. I just eat a plate of food. Mm-hmm. And so it's never like, oh, man, Thanksgiving. I'm ready to, like, let out the belt. You know, I'm going to stuff it in this year. No, I eat a plate of food. Was your Bob Clegg is saying, I, I got the food that I wanted to eat and yeah, the quantity exactly. that I wish to eat. <laughs> exactly. And so by 6 o'clock, I'm hungry. <laughs> but everybody's gone home with their leftovers because they were at somebody else's house. So we didn't, like, leave with a turkey. So I'm like, man, I'm hungry. I'm going to order some pizza. So we ordered some Papa John's and had that. To be fair, you're always hungry. That's very true. Yeah. But it was good. Um, the, the weekend was nice and long. The kids have off, had off like Wednesday through Friday. and So it was a nice long time of just kind of hanging out, not really having anything to do for the first time in a long time. Because we, we stay pretty busy and kind of going in a bunch of directions. And... Uh, I, I took some time and got the leather stuff out and made myself a wallet nice. off camera just to 
go spend an hour or two in the shop and just do a thing. And, you know, like it wasn't great. There's lots of problems with it, but it was nice to do something without trying to, I don't know. It's like I tried to make it good, but without really trying to make it good, it was just like, oh, I've never done this before. Let's just play with it and not have to worry about the outcome as much. Mm -hmm. You know, that was nice. So even on my vacation, I too had that same, like, I have to do something. Yeah. So dinner is usually, like, I start at a certain time. I had milestones. People who were going to be contributing to dinner, I'm like, all right, you're on at 4.30. You have the thing. Be here at 4.30 and get to cooking. So I was masterminding the whole kitchen. But that was the one day. Hmm. And the other days, I'm like, okay, what else can I do? And so we I, uh, had the lathe with my dad, and I'm like, let's make a project. Let's do a thing. And then he had stuff around the house. I'm like, what can we do? He's like, well, I'm trying to fix the deck. He's like, what do you like to do? You're on vacation. I'm like, let's fix the deck. Yeah. It's something to do. Yeah. Like, I have to make progress on something, even in vacation. I know that's something that you and I have talked yeah. about you know, at length. Yeah. Uh, the VR headset. Oh, yeah. We haven't talked about that. Big hit. Oh, yeah. I, I, we haven't even told people that I bought <laughs> yeah. that thing. I bought that thing. I bought the thing the day that we, I think the day, either that night or the next night, I bought it. It is great. It is super cool. It is completely immersive, and you start to believe it. That's and cool. I took it home. Uh, I got a video of my dad playing uh, the Vader Immortal lightsaber tutorial, which was hilarious because he just tried to, like, poke and, like, wave an old man stick at everything with a lightsaber. Uh, my father-in-law was playing Super Hot, which is a game where, like, these low-poly bad guys try to run at you, and you, like, you can shoot them or, like, throw ninja stars and stuff at them. And everybody who, who played the thing had a blast. Awesome. Yeah, it was, it's super great. Uh, I didn't tell you guys the other night. I think I did on Slack. I got to climb up the Iron Giant on one of these games. You kind of said that in passing, but we didn't really talk about it. Yeah. That's the game? Or so that's just there's like a, a piece game, of it or what? There's a game called Rec Room, which is like a, a social interaction game, <clears throat> but it has a bunch of mini games. So you have a little avatar, and then you can you have a little watch kind of thing, and it has a bunch of games. And you can like play paintball or space gun game boxing kind of wow. thing whatever space gun game. and so i was just kind of going through and one of them is climb the iron giant and it's got a picture of the iron giant with his eyes all lit up and i'm like what the heck is this so i get there and you're in this huge field <clears throat> excuse me and you look up and there's like a 40 story iron giant standing in front of you that's awesome and it has the little rivets and the little bolts that kind of stick out hmm. and you have like a climbing route you can oh. go up. You go up his right leg and eventually get to his hip. You walk across top of his hip and you go up the torso. Then you climb over on his hand and you go across his chest. And it's it's handholds. And so the whole thing, there are like VR climbing games of like mountains and things. But really? this one, yeah, you just like you have your two little hands in front of you and you you're grabbing hold of handholds and you look down and the perspective and the parallax in this game is bonkers. Oh yeah. So if you don't like heights, like my son doesn't like heights, he was freaking out. And you can fall off. Some of them aren't real handholds. Some of them are fake. Oh. So when you reach out and grab it, it'll turn kind of green, and then you just fall. And you're like, oh, my God. That, like, that feeling when you're having a dream and you fall in a dream, yep. you have that. <laughs> and your mind, your mind's like, oh, my God, I'm dying. And your feet are like you're standing on the carpet. You're like, no, I'm not. I'm falling and dying. And you hit the ground. Huh. And it's the, the physics of it all is beautifully terrifying yeah. a lot of times. Have you done the one... Um, it's an older one, but where you climb, you take the elevator up to the top of this building, and then you walk out on a 
uh, like a post that just sticks out. There's a game about planks. Yeah, I think that might be it. Okay, I haven't played that. So I don't know what the purpose of it is other than just to freak you out, but you take this elevator up to like, I don't know, it's like 50 floors or something. So by the time you get to the top of this thing, you're looking out over the top of a city, Yep. and there's a little board that sticks out, and you have to walk out to the end of it. And I mm. watched, on on the computer, I watched somebody else play it, Yeah. and it was making me sick. I was just like, yeah. I Tiff not. had to turn it off. And I'm not terrible about heights, cool. but that was just Well, Tiff much. gets motion sick. And yeah. so she was, I forgot what she was playing. It might have been the, like, getting started kind of thing. Yeah. Or you're like, you can pick up a little paper airplane and do all kinds of stuff. And she did not enjoy that. Hmm. <laughs> There's a lot of independent, like, production companies have VR apps or, like, 360 kind of things. Amazon Prime had some good stuff. YouTube has a couple that people can put out. Oculus itself has a series of videos where you can, like, sit in the cockpit of, you know, fighter jets and helicopters. And there was one where you get to to ride the rescue hoist with a Coast Guard rescue swimmer. Oh, that's cool. And I've actually done that. And I'm like, let's see what this is like. And I'm like, whoa, it's exactly what it's like. And I tried to reach out and, like, grab the door of the helicopter. And so certain things are very spectator-driven and other are, are very interactive. But just, it is, I mean, you use the word immersive. And I didn't fully understand what that meant mm-hmm. or how that was going to be translated. Because I've used the Vive, and the things I play on Vive, there's a game called Job Simulator, which is very cartoony, and Deacon likes to play. It's little robots, and you get to, like, be a chef, or be an auto mechanic, or be an office worker, and it's just little, silly little things. You kind of stand in a relative circle, and you do cartoony stuff. But the Vader Immortal, like, you are immersed in the Star Wars world, and they, they, they produce the game... So that stuff sneaks up on you or Mm. it evokes like a visceral emotional reaction. Mm. Like when you meet Vader for the first time, like it's imposing and it kind of makes your heart race a little bit. You're really making me want to buy this thing. I was, I was pretty well convinced that I was not going to buy it after you got yours, but. (laughs) And you did. Okay. So for people, I, I bought it. It came, I played it. I'm like, Bob has to play this. The reason I don't want to play it is because I don't want to buy it. <laughs> and as soon as I play it, I know I, what it's going to be I brought like. it in and you're like, okay, it's the day before everybody goes on vacation. You know, I kind of want to make headway. I'm like, okay, that sounds great. You should play this because it's awesome and you're going to love it. You're like, no, I just, I just want to play or I just want to work. I'm like, okay, well, I can help you clean up and stuff, but you should totally play this thing. Like, no, 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 I don't want to. That was legitimate. We did have a lot to get done, and I wanted to make sure we didn't fall behind right before a vacation. And that's but, fine. But there's part of me that also doesn't want to do it and love it and then want to buy another thing that I'm going to use for like a little while and then not play. Much. I said the same thing. So, um, I've, I play it every night because it's fun. Hmm. I haven't made any more headway on the game that I'm developing. Because I have to figure out how to get my Mac to talk to all of the stuff. I've got to try to figure out that whole thing. Forby found uh, an article that he sent me. So I want to make a game. Don't give it away. I'm not. So there's the, like, exploring stuff that already exists, and then the possibility of making something that doesn't exist is really fun. Last night, I, I found the YouTube VR app, and I was looking through their content. And then I remembered you did the 360 shop tour, which didn't ago. work on my computer. When it came out. Oh, really? Yeah. That's I'm cool. like, oh, I wonder if I could watch that in VR. And it's you walking around your old shop in Savannah. And I put the headset on. And you set the 360 camera on top of your workbench. And so it's like I'm sitting on a workbench. I'm just looking all around the room. 
looking at all the stuff that's here now. And then the, when I went to your shop originally, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that little thing. I remember, that. <laughs> I remember when I was trying to cut the rails of my X-Carve that I had to move stuff because there wasn't enough room to put like a 36-inch long <laughs> piece yeah. of material <laughs> right. on your miter saw. <laughs> and I remember looking yeah. at that and kind of giggling. And you're like, oh, here's my sheet storage. It's just like every little offcut of MDF and plywood like jammed in a corner. Yep. <laughs> so that was neat. That's cool. And we talked about a project that we're doing now. Like, oh, go take the 360 camera. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we can do all of that again. Yep. And we can do so much with that. So besides there being an existing library, for the Oculus Quest, there's not a huge existing library because the headset has to do all of the processing itself. There is a cable you can get to connect to Steam, and you can play a lot of Steam VR games that have a lot more definition, a lot more uh, content, a lot of processing have to go along and with it. And that does work on a Mac with Steam. I don't know. I would assume so. I mean, Steam runs on a Mac. Anthony is putting his thumbs up like he said yeah. yes. I'm not sure. That's one thing I want to try. But it, it's pretty great. Uh, I watched a movie on Amazon Prime VR while I was at my dad's house. All the kids were taking a nap. I'm like, I've got a headache. I'm going to take a nap too. So I threw on the headset and I just laid in bed and moved the, like, you're in a theater setting. And I just, like, moved the screen and just <laughs> watched a movie while we were laying down in bed. Is there any worry, and I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask anyway. Okay. Is there any worry about you finding a thing that you enjoy that separates you from the people even a foot from you? Mm, maybe, but I don't use it in that context. It is very individualized. Right. So it's not like when Deacon and I played Breath of the Wild on the Switch where you know the two of us got to interact and he could help me solve little puzzles and things. It's a very singular event. Look at that. Little stairs. It's like a little Lego staircase. Um, anyway. So the community aspect is online to where there's a, an app called Big Screen. Mm-hmm. So it's like a, a social media platform. Like, it's, it's a chat room surrounded by a movie theater. So you can stream TV shows or movies and then invite people and you hang out in a movie theater setting. And you can choose which particular setting. So that you and people in China or Antarctica or wherever can hang out in a movie theater and crack wise about a movie that's on the screen. So it's it's a way to interact with people socially, but it does, if you let it, kind of alienate you from actual reality. Mm-hmm. And so the time I only really play it is kind of at night when the kids go to bed because they tend to walk in and I accidentally kind of punch my daughter in the head. <laughs> It, like, grazed off the top of her head, but I was playing it the first day in my office. In the secret office, which I can lock, She, the door wasn't locked, and she came in, and I was playing that super hot, and I'm like, ooh, here comes a bad guy. I don't have a gun, so I have to punch this bad guy. And I, like, boom, I swung out and punched and, like, skipped off the top Somebody of my Somebody screamed. It's so realistic. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> but, it, like we talked about, it sets up these boundaries. Yeah. And... In the, if you watch the secret office video, there is a soffit that comes down and we put lights in it. And I was playing something and I like went to like spike this thing over my head. And the boundary doesn't realize that you have a lower ceiling in one spot than you do in another spot. Count for soffits. And I smacked the mess out of that controller that has these white scrapes on the front now from when I like hit the soffit. Deacon hit a dresser while he was playing something. Mm. Last night I was playing this game called Bar Fight. We talked about it earlier, and that's exactly what it sounds like. You walk around in a bar full of people, and you can pick a fight with people. And uh, I went to punch this guy or, like, hit him with a beer bottle or something, and I hit the wall. It's 
Yeah, you, you forget where you are, hmm. especially because it's untethered. You can set a boundary, and that boundary can be huge. Um, we were at Tiffany's grandparents' house, and they have a, a big house and a big living room. And when I was, like, walking through our in-laws, like, look, this is how to play these games. They're really fun. Play play Beat Saber and play all the stuff. Some of those are stationary, but some of them aren't. They would tend to stay in one spot and, like, look around with their head. I'm like, go walk over there. Yeah. And you see them take, like, a little, like, shuffle kind of leading with their toes, like, step on the floor. I'm like, just walk. We set the boundary. Like, it will, it will tell you graphically when you're getting close to that boundary. And so especially in Vader Immortal... If your space is big enough, like you're not going to walk all throughout Vader's castle, but yeah, you can do a lot of free roaming on the edges of these really tall walls and like climbing up staircases and things, and it it's pretty awesome. That's cool. That's really cool. Well, I'm not going to pressure you into buying it. I'm not going to pressure you. You won't have to pressure me. That's the problem. I won't bring it in anymore. As soon as I play it, I'm going to want to go buy it. So the reason I asked about it separating you from the people around is because, like, I don't play a lot of video games. Nor do I. We have a Switch. We have a PS4. And I've been trying to play... Um, I bought Fallen Order. Mm-hmm. Which so I hear is awesome, by the it way. It is very good, yeah. Um, and I've been trying to play that a little bit. Not every night, but a little bit. But then, like, when the kids go to bed, that is the time that Jenny and I have. That's it throughout the entire day. And so... And she she's not into games... Unless it's like Dr. Mario. And so I don't really want to be sitting there playing even a game that I want to play. And I'm actively trying to play the game to get through the story. I don't want to do that if she's just like hanging out. Even if she has something to do. You know, she's like talking with people or researching something or looking up recipes or whatever she's doing. She doesn't mind. But I just don't want to spend a lot of that time looking at a video game. That's valid. And so my concern about the VR thing is that it would be that plus I actually can't see her. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. It would be like, hey, we're right next to each other and you're doing your thing and I'm doing my thing. But I also have a helmet on and I can't see or hear <laughs> anything that you, you know what I mean? So I usually do it in the evening when Tiff is working in the office and I'll be sitting next to her. So it, it is that I'll be sitting across from her wearing this goofy thing. And then she'll start laughing at me whenever I'm reacting to the <laughs> simulated whatever world around me. Yeah. Like, there's a thing where it teaches you about great white sharks. And I put this on Instagram, and this stinking big old shark swam out of nowhere right up next to me, and it made me very uncomfortable. And she just laughed at me the entire time. But that is a real concern. Um, and I think just like anything, you would have to... Well, the thing with the Quest is that because it does its own processing power, a lot of the games are shorter form. There's mm. not a lot of huge, long campaign games. Uh, I think Vader Immortal, it's broken up into three separate stories. And each one of those stories, if you're taking your time, might be 40 minutes mm. each. So it's not like if you were going to play a really long campaign game where you would be on the thing for hours or two hours. Like yeah. it's, it's purposely shorter yeah. so that you're not, you're immersed, but you're not engrossed. That yeah, makes any sense. yeah, it does. I mean, and it could be something that where you know, even though she doesn't play a lot of video games, maybe something like that would be active and different enough from sitting there with a little tiny controller that she may be into it. She may want to give it a shot. There are a I know lot she'd of games give it a try, where you you get up and move. Yeah, like there's Beat Saber. I know is a really popular one where you're using your whole body to do stuff. So there's a lot of like the most low key 2019 kind of aerobic exercise in some of these games. Um, 
so having a lot of space and having a lot of room to maneuver around and, and look silly is good for the game. <laughs> yeah. And it also creates that, like, oh, now it's your turn, or I want you to experience this thing. Oh, right. And so you get to just look, you get to stand in the real world and look at somebody, discover, and be amazed at what they're seeing. But unless you have two sets and are in some kind of cooperative social type game, you're on the outside looking at somebody looking in a helmet. Yeah. And so they're in their own world, not really next to you. Yeah. Physically, they're next to you, but mentally, they're yeah. on the moon or wherever. <laughs> yeah, it could be said for people who don't have a VR headset on as well, I guess. True. But yeah, that's always been kind of a thing uh, I've not worried about, but I've always wondered about with VR and why I've never been huge into it. But I mean, or like motivated to try it out, really. The kids are playing more video games. We've always kind of kept them from playing a whole lot, just a little bit here and there. But now they have, we've kind of have a daily screen time that they can either use it on the computer to like do learning type games. They can use one of the game systems. Um, but that's separate from like watching TV or watching, like we don't let them just get on the computer and watch YouTube videos or anything like they got to have a, they're got to be doing a thing. <clears throat> and so it's been kind of interesting that that they are picking out games that they like and that they want to, like my oldest bought his own, his first game. Like he saved up 50 bucks, bought Jurassic World Evolution, and that took a long time and he was really motivated and he did it. And then he started, he played it for a while and still likes it a lot, but now he found out that I bought Fallen Order. Mm-hmm. And so now he plays Fallen Order, you know. And it, it's kind of cool to see them get into these things, and I'm sure they would absolutely love to try out the VR stuff as well. Um, I just wish that I could... I wish we could do it at the same time, but I guess watching somebody else enjoying it is kind of kind of that, you know? Deacon really likes it. He sticks to certain games <clears throat> because they're, they're purposely intense. Mm. I mean, a lot of these games evoke uh, significant emotional reactions. Because it allows you to, to do something, you know, to fall off the Iron Giant or soar through the air or be right. confronted by scary Darth Vader. And he just he doesn't want to do those things because they're scary. And I get it. And I'm not going to push him to do it because they're significant. Like, it's it's reality in that particular moment. Yeah. And so there's, like, silly little <clears throat> games that he really likes playing. He was playing Job Simulator, and there's, a, like, an office job. And so last night he was playing it while I was in the office working. And I was like, all right, buddy, it's, it's time to go to bed. Like, you've had enough time. And he's like, hold on, Dad, i got to finish a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he called it a Power Dot presentation. Power Dot. I'm like, a what? He's like, yeah, I'm making a Power Dot presentation real quick. I'm like, a PowerPoint? He's like, yep, yep, that's it, PowerPoint. I'm like, you're using augmented reality Yeah. <laughs> to work in an office setting. I'm like, okay, have fun. That's pretty fun. Let me know when you're done. <laughs> People aren't going to listen to that presentation just for the record. It'll be the best one ever, and people are still going to wonder why it's not an email. Well, what else is going on? Uh, Oh, I am building right now uh, this silly set that we haven't really talked about. You're still working on... Bag 15 of Treehouse. Man. I saw a set when I was perusing the internet that I thought would just be ironic and funny, but now it's kind of neat. Uh, This is... Young Anakin Skywalker's pod racer. 
and they re-released this because it must have been such a hit. I imagine. Or maybe they just had a whole bunch left over because <laughs> yeah, nobody wanted it. That could put be. Put it in a fancier box. So this is pod racing. See, I didn't realize that when you mentioned that, I didn't realize you mentioned it because it was ironic. I just thought you wanted the pod racer set. I'm like, well, yeah, that sounds stupid to me, but okay, sure. <laughs> no, I think it's kind of ironic. <laughs> so, like, I, got it for I, you. I thought that whole scene was completely ridiculous and unnecessary, but yeah, I kind of thought it was ironic. It's got a little Padme and a little Anakin whose legs don't bend because he's so tiny. <laughs> he's like the baby fig. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Unrelated. Mm-hmm. Eh, kind of related. Mm-hmm. Actually, very related. Okay. Um, Full circle. <laughs> have we talked about the the balance, the force balance thing? The force balance thing. I guess we haven't. Let's do Who it. Who was I talking to about this? I don't know, but you better not talk to anybody else about it. Okay. I call dibs. What, we'll talk about Star Wars next time, because next time will be our last show before The Rise of Skywalker. Oh, yeah. So next time we'll do, like, predictions <laughs> or something. <clears throat> so... I'm not going to get to that yet, but okay. I heard a really interesting thing, a theory, about, I guess this is kind of a prediction. <laughs> anyway, um, <clears throat> apparently in some document or book or some previous canon Star Wars thing, there is, uh, in, in regards to the Force, there is light, right, right. and there is dark, mm-hmm. and there is also balance, and it is not... Equal parts light and dark. It is a separate thing in the middle. Have you heard about this? Is this like the the father and the sister and the brother kind of thing? Uh, the light and the dark and the dead? I, I don't think so. Okay. No, as far as like the light and the dark, well, I don't think it has to do with that. Because She was a light, he was a dark, and dad was a balance, and he ended up, dark ended up killing yeah. the girl, and then the dad went away. Or that was something. a Clone Wars, Clone Wars thing. Yeah. It was actually a really cool episode, or two, or whatever it was. Anyway, so uh, the the story goes, the theory goes that when Qui Gon finds Anakin, right, he says you're going to bring balance to the Force, and what he means is you will be trained up as the balance to unify the light and the dark, or to hold them off at bay, because hmm. they are both extreme in their own directions. Makes a lot of sense, because Qui-Gon was kind of like the hippie Jedi that didn't want to follow the rules, right? So he was planning on, he, he said, Anakin's the chosen one. I'm going to bring him up and teach him balance. And that's how I'm going to do it, whether anybody else wants to or not. And he takes him to the council. And he's like, hey, I want to train this guy. And they're like, nope. Yoda said, no. No. Bad idea. So then he's like, all right, I'm going to do it anyway. And then he dies. Mm-hmm. So then he gets co-opted into like, well, somebody's got to take care of the kid. And Obi-Wan's like, well, I'm a good Jedi. I'll do it. Yoda right? said, no, not a good idea. He does it anyway. Does it anyway. In the Jedi thing, the light thing. But that's not how he was supposed to be trained. He was supposed to be trained For balance? as balance. And that's why the whole thing fell apart. And that's why he tried to go one direction. And then he tried to get the balance and overshot it and went to the dark side. Mm. And so the whole theory goes that... It's Yoda's fault. Yeah, it's Yoda's fault that he was not able to bring balance to the Force, or not just Yoda. Yoda and Samuel L. Jackson and everybody else sitting in their goofy chairs. And so Ray is now being set up as the new balance. And since she doesn't have anybody to train her, she's gonna learn about balance and not learn about Jedi light and Sith dark and 
blah, 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 blah. Hmm. Kind of the same for Kylo Ren. This isn't part of the theory, but if you think about it, he doesn't have a Sith master teaching him. Hmm. So I thought it was kind of interesting because I'd never heard that before. Interesting. Uh, and that's all I have to say about that. So Vader Immortal on Oculus VR mm-hmm. uh, explains why he's on Mustafar. In the castle, where the castle, the castle that's in there, that Lego one that you made, mm-hmm. you get to roam around that castle. Yeah. It talks about why it's a lava planet. And we always talked about, like, why, or we, we mentioned it once before, why Vader is actually on that planet. And it was like, oh, because the Emperor put him there because he wants him to constantly be miserable. Mm-hmm. It talks about why he's on that planet. Mm. And he's trying to... Don't, you told me, but don't tell anybody else. Just in case. He's <laughs> trying to do a thing. <laughs> Takes his helmet off. No, stop it. Stop, 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 stop. It, I, yeah. I tried to hold his hand. Did I tell you that? <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. There's a part where you're standing next to him and you're listening to other people talk and he's just like, I wasn't listening to what was happening. I was being very Josh in that moment where someone was trying to tell me something extremely important. And I'm just like, whoa, look at these thingies all over the place. And then Darth Vader standing next to you. And I just tried to reach over and hold his hand. What did it do? <laughs> it went clear. And then he kind of moved. <laughs> and I went, oh. <laughs> And then I tried to throw stuff at <laughs> The nice. people who make VR games are like, just make the level where Josh can just throw random stuff at people who are saying important <laughs> things. And then the kid will be happy. That's funny. It does make me happy. <clears throat> All right. Well, you got anything else? For this, mm, for this week? So... Next week. This is going to come out on Thursday. Mm-hmm. No, on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. That's when we usually put these out. So that Friday, you're heading down to Disney. Yes. It's Disney time. It's Disney time. You psyched? This I has am. been a big buildup. Yeah, I am excited for this. I'm, I'm mostly excited because the kids don't know we're going. That is awesome that you've been able to hang on to that. that it's kind of crazy that we've pulled it off. And we've almost missed it several times. One time we were, <laughs> we were at dinner and we are talking about something. And... Jenny's like, yeah, well, you know, we'll be in Florida at that time. And I'm, like, looking at her with, like, daggers. Like, what are you doing? Like, we're not supposed to. She was like, oh, you know, we're going to go see family right there before Christmas. Wink. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. And she kind of leans over and she's like, yeah, I already told them we're going to Florida. They yeah. just don't know where. So, so I they, think my kids may have we're... forgotten because, oh, good. I mean, lately our kids haven't been hanging out a whole lot. And I think now... That should be kind of the norm because I don't want them to ruin it at the last minute just in case they remember <laughs> on a whim. They go, How was Disney? And they're like, What? <laughs> we didn't do that. Yeah. There have been, there's the new ride. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That's why oh, that man. ride is why we waited till December to go rather than going at the. Now, did you. Over fall break. Were you. How does this. Okay. Man, I, I went on a whole mental trail yeah, right there. That's what we do. So I was talking to our friend Wes, and they're trying to go down in, like, February. And he was saying that you couldn't really get into any of the rides. Like, are they reservation only, or are those reservations for fast passes? Fast passes. It's okay. two months. You can get fast passes two months ahead of your day of visit. Okay. So in October, I got a notification that said, like, hey, your ticket is 60 days from now. You can get fast passes for the day. And I go on there, and there a lot of them are already gone. Mm. It's kind of crazy, but... Every day of that week, I, or maybe it was like I could do the whole week at one time or something. I don't remember. But I kind of went through and picked fast passes for, you know, one park a day, three rides, because you can get up to three. And so I, I kind of laid out our days at different parks based on what rides were available. And so we'll be um, doing the Star Wars Day stuff at the end of the week near when the movie comes out. So that's pretty cool. 
But the building a lightsaber, going to the restaurant, that stuff is reservation? That stuff is reservation. Okay. And that gets you, they only let certain kind of like certain number of people into the Star Wars, into Galaxy's Edge at a time okay. to keep traffic flow and to keep it from being. So is that the reservation? That's, uh, it's called a boarding group, but it's basically like we're going to let a group of X number of people enter at this time. Oh, so, so if, if you're you, at the park, you just have to go run and put your name on like a boarding yeah, group list, yeah. unless you, you have prior. You can do it online, so Got you can just it. like put your name in, and it just it's just to keep flow down, I think, and yeah. make it so it's not super busy, which is pretty cool. But then if you sign up for any of those, you know, droid building or a reservation at one of the restaurants or something like that, that automatically puts you into a boarding group mm-hmm. to make that time. So we kind of have that by doing the. Um, the droid thing, but then we have a fast pass for Star Tours at like nine thirty. Yeah, and that's the first day that they're going to put all the new footage in from Rise of Skywalker. Dun, dun, dun. So we're going to be like some of the first people to see it. And then I found out that there's actually four different experiences on Star Tours. Really? Yeah, they like cycle through, so you can go four times in a row and maybe see different stuff. In the ride that we were talking about, that what was the name of the new uh, one? Rise of the Resistance. Resistance. Yes, there are. There's like a red line and a blue line, and they are the trackless car things. Mm. And you take different routes. <laughs> really? Yeah. So you're encouraged wow. to go through it again. That's and the guy cool. who was doing the video, I forgot his name, said that even though he was on the one line, it still went a different direction. So it's not like a this or that. You, it's kind of wow. it's random as to how you travel through that route. Through one portion of that ride. That's pretty wild. Man, you got to go on a ride. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. Take the, ooh, take the Insta360. I can put ooh. my beer hits it. Mm. There you go. Um, yeah, th- that was coming out in December, and so that's why we decided to wait until, well, just why I decided to wait <laughs> until uh, December to take this trip, which is pretty cool. Well, I'm excited uh, for you. Yeah. I know thanks. this is something that... I think anybody who knows you knows that you would be excited about. Yeah. <laughs> and my hope is that it lives up to your expectations. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I mean, I'm looking forward to the Star Wars stuff. I think it'll be really cool. Knowing Disney, I'm sure it will live up to the expectations. I'm honestly a little more excited about taking the trip with the kids. That's that's very noble of you. Well, it, it sounds noble, but it's the truth. Like, I, they're at the perfect age to enjoy everything in that park. Yeah. They're not too old. They're not too young. They're they're old enough that they can do everything. They're not so cool that it's not interesting yet. So I'm excited about that kind of intersection and just the fact that we have enough time. We're going down for a week. It's more than enough time to see everything. And we won't have to worry about, like, travel to and from. Mm-hmm. You know, we're staying on property and all that stuff. It's stuff that we've never done before um, and probably won't do again. So... Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Sweet. Gonna be cool. Uh, next week, let's talk predictions for Rise of Skywalker. Yup. Was that next week? Well, next that week will be, will be the next last week show. for the next week. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. All right. Where can people find you? Uh, everywhere at Josh underscore make stuff. Look at that on the screen. Anthony's on top of it. Um, find me and us uh, at I Like to Make Stuff on all the stuff. I tried to point oh, look, to it. It's, yeah, there's, it's over there. It's over there. I'm not good at pointing at things. Uh, in case you don't know what we're talking about, there is a YouTube video of this where you can watch us build and wave to the camera. I occasionally look at it. Usually I forget there's a camera, but it's there if you want to see it. Um, I guess that's it. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye! Bye!